Today is Communion Sunday, as you saw, and uh, if you want to turn into your, we're to prepare for that, we want to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. If you, need, if you grabbed one of the Bibles on the way in, great. If you're not, don't worry, there's, the verses are up on the screen, you're going to be able to follow along on the verses here, but Romans chapter 8, which if you use this Bible, it's page 942, 942, and if you need a Bible, take it, that's our gift to you anytime. Okay, and there's also an insert. This I got it ambitious this week. I put an insert in, so there's an insert to follow along with on there also. Okay, the title you're gonna like this one: "Free at Last." Free at Last. Okay, and I'm hearing feedback somewhere. Are you guys hearing that? You got it? okay. Thanks. <laughs> I hear my voice talking to me too, but yeah, there another like okay. Thank you. Okay, so you can only take one of me at a time, right? right so, <clears throat> free, free, <laughs> and even less of it would be happy, some of you would be happier than that. So, uh, free at last, Romans eight one to seventeen. Now, review real quick. We're in Romans, the book of Romans, and we've been talking about how we are now righteous through Jesus Christ. By putting our faith in Jesus, we can be righteous through Jesus Christ. And the righteous results we've been focusing on the last few chapters, we saw freedom from sin. We saw that we're free from the law and its effects, the effects of the law. And today we're going to see that we're free in the Holy Spirit. Free in the Holy Spirit. And the key to that is uh, living in the Spirit. And that's the key. The key. Uh, I'm going to tell a key story. Some of you might remember if you've been here for a while. But I remember when I was on the swim team in high school. And we had an end-of-the-year party. It was in February. And if you've ever been where I grew up, it's very cold. Buffalo, you know, Niagara Falls, Rochester area. Very, very cold. And so we had a swim party. And the coach had us all over for, you know, a spaghetti dinner. And we had fun and gave out awards, blah, blah, blah. And so afterward... Everybody went to go home, and one of the girls who was there, she came and said, my car won't start. And we're like, oh, no. And we all knew it that bad, you know, jump-starting the car, right? So the coach said, okay, come on, guys. Come on, follow me. We all go follow him out. And we get out to the car, and, and it's freezing. I, it's just freezing. I, you, it's really, really cold. And so he's like, okay, now start I'm going to get, he, he, he went to get in the car, but the girl was already there. So he says, get out of there. Let me do this. You know, and she's like, she was all offended, you know, you, you know, didn't, didn't think she could handle the jump start. So we all, we all jump, uh, he jumps in and he gets, he goes, rolls down the window, says, start pushing. So we start pushing him down the road and he pops the clutch. Yeah, nothing happened. It was close, but something happened. It didn't start. We kept pushing him down, popped the clutch, right? You remember, you know, do you do this with the, um, the, the manuals, right? The manuals, all right? And back when people, we drove a stick shift, some of you still have that, and you pop the clutch. Nothing. We pushed this darn car down the road for a long time. Freeze. I just, all I remember is my ears were burning, 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 frostbite starting, right? And, and we're pushing. He says, okay, now let's go back toward the house. So we turn around after about half a mile or something. I don't know what. Starts pushing it back to the house. Pop doesn't work. Pops the clutch doesn't work. Oh, so close. We're like, we were pushing fast. We're a bunch of swimmers. We're in shape, you know, and would not start. We get back to the house. We push it in the driveway, and he says, oh, no. Like, what? He goes, I forgot to turn the key on. He put his head on the steering wheel. Head on the steering wheel. I forgot to turn the key on. And the girl whose car it was said, well, even I would have known to do that. 
<laughs> it was classic, right? So, turns the key on, little push, boom, the car took off, and there it was. It was good to go. And th- that's the key. We have to know the key, and we have to, we're going to look at the key to living free today, and that key is, I'm going to tell you right up front, living in the Holy Spirit's power, living in the Spirit. That is the key, okay? Let me just pray. Father, thank you for the worship. We thank you for everyone who is here or are watching somewhere out there listening somewhere we pray that your holy spirit would speak to them too and that that if anyone here has never put their faith in jesus today would be that day or if we there's something blocking the spirit's power that we would turn that key on and and move forward in our spiritual life father by the spirit's power we pray that in jesus name amen Amen. All right, this is wild. So let's start. I'm going to read the 17 verses. Romans 8, 1 to 17. I'll use the, the version here on the screen. Therefore there, is no, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You should have that one memorized. We focused a whole week on that last week, right? If you didn't listen, go back and listen. Powerful, right? Because through, this, through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For or what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the, of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ lit is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness." And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit there. We are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory here we go this is wild the key to living in the spiritual freedom is to live in the spirit now uh, the first key we already saw last week which i mentioned in verse one the key number one is therefore there's no no therefore there's now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus key number one don't beat yourself up don't let anybody else beat you up right condemnation now we talked about this last week and if you weren't here listen to that go back and listen to it a couple of times condemnation can either come from self 
from Satan, from others. It's not the Holy Spirit only convicts us. Remember we talked about that? Convicts us, gets us to change, moves us forward. But if we still are experiencing that condemnation from self, Satan, or others, it, that, that works as spiritual gravity. Please, if you didn't hear last week, listen to it. It works as spiritual gravity. It holds us back from moving forward. And it's vital that we respond to the Spirit's conviction, and then we move forward. We confess it, we repent of it, we put it in God's hands, and we put it under the cross, under the blood, and then we move forward. That's very, very important that we move forward. And the Holy Spirit's power, as we see here with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit allows us to move forward. The Holy Spirit, we're all under spiritual gravity, but the Holy Spirit works as, as rocket boosters, blasts us off from this gravity and, and, and gets us away from the condemnation. Listen, we can, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, you can no longer be condemned. God doesn't judge his, his children. He convicts them. He disciplines us. Oh, listen to last week, right? He disciplines us, but, but we can't be condemned if we put our faith in Jesus. When we put our faith in Jesus, our old self is crucified with Jesus Christ. Our old sinful nature, our old sinful self, the old man, the old woman, it's you know, crucified with Jesus Christ. And so because of that, Satan can no longer accuse us or abuse us anymore. He can't do it. Oh, he'll try. He'll try to mimic God's voice. He'll try to get us to beat ourselves up. Remember last week? But he can no longer, he, he can accuse and abuse us all he wants, but it has no effect in God's eyes. In God's eyes. I'll give you an example. That you, I hope you remember this one. Uh, in 897, Pope Stephen VI ordered that the body of the last pope before him, Pope Formosa, be exhumed and his corpse be put on trial in what became known as the Cadaver Synod. Formosa was Stephen's hated enemy. And when his body was exhumed, it was dressed in his full pontifical vestments and stood trial for perjury and for being the pope illegally, among other things. So he, he digs up the former pope, hated that guy, puts, dresses him up like the pope, puts him on, on trial, right? Historian, uh, historian John O'Malley writes a little bit humorously that Formosa replied to the charges as best he could. Now here we go. Through the mouth of a deacon standing beside his rotting corpse. They had a deacon there answering for him. His defense was not surprisingly judged inadequate and he was convicted. Poor Formosa. Don't worry, though, Stephen, Pope Stephen, was soon thrown into jail himself and then strangled to death. It was not a good time to be the Pope. All right? Uh, we, we, but I use that example because it's ridiculous. You can't condemn a dead guy, right? You can't abuse him. You can't, he's dead. He's gone. Wherever he is, he's gone, right? Uh, we, we can't be condemned. We're, our old self is dead in God's sight. We're a brand new creation. So that old man is dead and gone. Old woman is dead and gone. The old person is dead and gone. We cannot be condemned in this life or the next life. The moment you put your faith in Jesus, you can never be condemned now or forever. That's, that's what we have in the Holy Spirit. And if you missed that last week, go listen, right? But So then we come to key number two, which is verse number five. I'm going to hit a couple different keys here. The second key is in verse five where it says, those who live according to the... Uh, Sinful, I'm going to use the other version. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires, but lo, those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. 
I'm using an older NIV version, which I think brings it out better. But so the, the key here <clears throat> is in order to live in the spirit, the mind is the key. Do you catch that? I'm going to read that again. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. We have, what, we, what we set our mind on, in order to live in the Spirit, setting our mind is the key. We must let the Holy Spirit control our thoughts. Our prayer, our prayer every day is to be, Holy Spirit, control my mind and my body. That should be our constant prayer. Holy Spirit, control my mind and my body. Because what we put into our minds is the key. What we feed it. What is your mind set on? What do we set it on? Not in church. We usually do pretty good here. But we go home. What do we set it on? What are we putting into our mind? What are we watching? What are we listening to? It's, it's kind of like the TV remote control. right? If you... As you're clicking through channels, which we really shouldn't do anymore, we probably shouldn't even watch our TV, right? But what the channel that we choose determines, impacts us, right? It determines what we're going to think about and what we're going to watch and what we're going to, you know, it's going to, it's going to impact us. And, and the same thing with our mind, what you set your mind on. We can set our minds on all kinds of things, but if we set it on the things of the Spirit, that will change everything. Our minds do have these remote controls. Study after study have shown that what people watch, what they listen to, what games they play on their gaming units, whatever they play, has a powerful effect on attitudes and behavior. Every study has proven it. has a powerful effect on, on attitudes and behavior. Garbage in, garbage out. Right? It's really simple. Just look at today. Just look at our culture. Look at the kids today. Garbage in, garbage is still in, right? Uh, the teens, mass in our country. Thank God there's Christian teens being witnesses, but, but it's not just them, it's the adults. You know, everybody says, well, you should be old enough to look at X, Y, and Z or do this or that. No, it's never good, you know? It's never good to look at pornography, you know? You know we want to make sure kids can't look at pornography. Nobody should be looking at it. It's, it's demonic filth. Right? And, and, and it impacts. And, and there, that's just this one thing. There's many things. What, what, look at our country. It's a, it's a perfect example. We, our minds have been poisoned. The toxic poisons have pour, poured in. But, but the, the cycle can be negative, which I'm talking about, but it can also be very positive. And that's what we're called to do. In Colossians 3, verse 1, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Uh, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. That's the key. We set our heart on, on Christ. We set our minds on things above. And, and we, we, we do that. We set our minds on what the Holy Spirit wants for us. We let the Holy Spirit control us. We let the, and when we do that, our mind's all set. Right? It's all the battle for the mind. All right, so that's second key. The third key that we're going to look at to living free in the Spirit is in verse 9. We saw no condemnation. We see setting our mind where we set our mind. But the third one is in verse 9, the key to living in the Spirit. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, and the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. First of all, before I get to the key, did you see what was taught in that verse? Anybody catch it? I'll give you a hint. There's three of them. 
The Trinity, yes, the Trinity jumps out at us there, right? You know, we see the, the Father God, we see the Holy Spirit, and we see Christ, all three in that verse, taught very, very clearly, the three in one. It reminds us of Matthew twenty-eight nineteen and Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, where he says, Baptize them in the name of the Father, and of, uh, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, all throughout God's Word, starting in the book of Genesis, all the way through Revelation, we see the Trinity clearly taught that God exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So uh, it just that was just, I think that's a great verse on that, verse 9. But look what he's stressing here in verse 9. The Holy Spirit is vital to our victory. Uh, go back to verse um, 9. Could you get to 9 for me again? You, however, controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. We, we see that the Spirit of Christ, we're controlled by the Spirit. How, how, that's, that's vital to our victory. We must be controlled by the Spirit. And this is a daily choice. A lot of people say, well, I became a Christian, and I went to this church where they taught, the, you, know, you know, Pentecostal church. I was slain in the Spirit. I was baptized in the Spirit, and, and now I'm all set. I'm like, no, you're not all set. Even if that happened, God bless you, but that's just the beginning. But a lot of these people, they just live like, you know, like they never talk to the Holy Spirit again, right? It takes a lot more than an experience. It takes a lot more than putting your faith in Christ, and we put the Holy Spirit comes in, which is what I believe happens, uh, by the way. But, uh, but, the, but it, it's, that's just the first step. We have, to, we have to continually make a daily choice to let the Holy Spirit control us. Very, very important. We can let him control us, or we can choose to resist. The Holy Spirit. Acts 7.51, when Stephen was talking, he said, You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Resist. We can resist the Holy Spirit. Those who hear the gospel and they won't accept it, they're resisting the Holy Spirit. But even as Christians, we can resist him. He's leading us one way. We're like, no, I'm going over this way. We can resist him, right? Nobody here, but you probably know people like that. Or we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can also, instead of being controlled by the Spirit, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are sealed by the Spirit for the day of redemption. But that doesn't mean you can't still grieve Him. We can still grieve the Spirit. Remember, we talked about that last week. When we sin, when we disobey, and then we feel miserable, right? We feel yucky spiritually, yeah? That's because the Holy Spirit's grieved, right? He's trying to get our attention. He's trying to discipline us and wake us up and get us to respond to conviction, right? Uh, or we can, we can be controlled by the Spirit, or we can resist, we can grieve, or we can even quench the Spirit. Quench the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. And do not, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Some of your versions say quench. Uh, this one says don't put out the Spirit's fire. We can put out the Spirit's fire when we ignore the Holy Spirit's leading, when we ignore God's word, do not treat prophecies with contempt, comes right after that. When we ignore God's word, we, that we, we, we put out the Spirit's fire. The Spirit wants to move. He wants to burn. He wants to combust the engine, right? He wants to get, you know, pop that clutch and get going. But we can put out the Spirit's fire. We can put it out. Uh, we can, when we ignore his word, so, or we can give him control. We can give him control of our life. How? We let the Holy Spirit fill us 
continually. We've talked about this many times. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20 talks about how we let the Holy Spirit fill us continually. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope I did the, hope I did the right version there. Okay, so uh, we, we, are, we have to we receive the Holy Spirit. The moment you put your faith in Jesus, you say, God, I don't want my sin anymore. I repent of it. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to Jesus. The moment you take that step of faith, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. We're made a new creation. He's living inside of us, okay, at that very, very moment, okay? But uh, but we, we receive the Holy Spirit, but there's, well, that's not the end of it. Like I mentioned before, it's like, it's like getting a cell phone. At Christmas time, your kids, you remember you got your first cell phone, you're so excited, and you started using it and obsessing with it, and why, parents are like, why do we get it to them, right? But anyway, because they never return our texts or calls, uh, only when they want something. But anyway, we won't go into that. So you get this, but what do you have to do if you want to keep using that? Got to charge it. A lot continually have to keep charging that phone and and it's the same thing with us how, how do you connect the, how do you charge the phone connected to some kind of power source right you got to plug in and connect it to the power source it's the same with us with the holy spirit and we have to we get the phone we get the holy spirit but we have to plug in every day and and let him charge us up and and we have to let him keep doing that and then once he's charged us up we have to obsess just like we obsess with our phones we got to obsess with the holy spirit what does he want with our life right and we charge look what it says how we charge it's through the word through praise through thanks through prayer through through a fellowship where did i get the word fellowship from it says, speak to one another. Speak to one another. You can only do that if you're with other people. That's called fellowship. Very, very important. Uh, that's why I always stress, if it's possible for you to worship live with us, do it. You know, do it. I know some people cannot make it. Maybe you live far away, or you're on a trip, or you, your health doesn't allow you to come. I know that. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad about those things. But if we can be here, we should be here. But COVID has taken a huge toll on the church in America, including ours. Uh, people got used to this wonderful online experience, you know, sitting in your pajamas in the easy chair and sipping hot cocoa or coffee but but that's that's fun once in a while okay okay i get it but 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 fellowship speak to one another is very very important very important uh i've had people come and say i haven't been here a month but boy it's really different when you come here live i'm like yeah keep coming live yeah yeah because it's just different the holy spirit is moving in a powerful way when you speak to one another, uh, and we we all trend to this. So uh, my daughter Laura, you know, you know Laura, uh, she she's seven, and a couple weeks ago it was raining, and I came down, and I'm getting ready to go to church. I go a little earlier, and Kim brings her, and she goes, Dad, I'm not coming today. I go, Why not? He goes, It's raining. I'm just going to watch it on TV. <laughs> she's seven. Do you sure gets it? I'm like, No, you are not. <laughs> not going to watch it on TV. But uh, I wish I could be in all of your homes and say, come on, come on, I need you, all right? So anyway, you get the point. Speak to one another. If you can be in church live, 
be here, right? Be here. It, it, it has a great effect. We, you are part of the Holy Spirit's empowerment, and you'll receive it, and you're part of that as you worship together. Okay? Uh, what are we allowing God? What are we allowing to control us? I hope it's the Holy Spirit. Another key, got another one here, to living free is in, the fourth one is in verse 13. We have to kill something. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you will put to death the misdeeds of the body and you will live. We are, through the Spirit's power, called to kill something. We're to put to death. We we must kill by the Holy Spirit's power. We've got to do it. It's essential, and he's talking about here, the context is our old sinful self, which, remember, it's, it's, we've crucified him, but it's like that scary, you know, the monster on TV keeps coming back alive. You've got to jab him again, right? And, and every day we've got to make sure we crucify that old man, keep him crucified, keep him, keep him dead. And, we, we, and it's essential that we crucify our old sinful nature by faith and by the power of the Holy Spirit every day. We gotta kill him. We gotta kill it. We got every day. Don't say, "Oh, I did that back when I got saved." No, no. Every day it's a battle. Every day. Uh, I remember watching when I was uh, younger. There was a, the the Hulk on TV, and it was the TV version. I, I love the TV version. Bill Bixby. Anybody remember Bill Bixby? And then who was the Hulk? Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno. That was a great one. That's the real Hulk. All right, so uh, these new guys are nothing. Old school, right? Old school. And so I remember, though, he he had this uncontrollable mind. Bill Bixby was the, the, the David Banner, and then Lou Ferrigno, he became the Hulk. And he had this uncontrollable monster inside, right? And when he would get mad enough or upset enough, it would morph into this big green monster. And and, and he often, the tricky thing, he didn't want to turn into that monster, but it usually accomplished something that he wanted to accomplish, Right? He usually escaped or he beat some guys up or he stopped something bad from happening. So this monster was actually accomplishing something positive in in a way. But the destructive collateral damage was he could not have any long-lasting relationships. I'm not talking to anybody here. I'm just using it as an example, all right? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, you know, we, we get what we want when we blow up, but, but it costs us something, right? With our, our family, our family, right? Uh, but, uh, he couldn't get rid of this monster no matter how hard he tried. He tried to find a cure. He tried to find a serum. He tried everything. He just could not stop this Hulk. He couldn't kill this Hulk inside of him. And then the last episode, the TV episode, now there's lots of more Hulks, but, but on the TV series, the last episode was the Hulk was on an airplane fighting these terrorists. Anybody remember that? He's fighting these terrorists, and somehow the plane blow. He turns into the Hulk, and he beats them all up, but he, he ends up destroying the plane, and it crashes. You know, it crashes, and it smashes down the ground, and they're all killed. And here he is now morphed back into David Banner, laying there wounded. And, and his girlfriend, he had a girlfriend who loved him and was, you know, he was helping her escape from these bad guys. And I'll never forget, she, she comes up, and he's laying on the ground amidst the burning wreckage, and she says to him, he says, you can't die now. We're free. And she means from the terrorists, right? You can't die now. We're free. But with this last dying breath, he said, I am free. I am free. Because the old monster was killed, died. I am free. Are you free? 
only the Holy Spirit can, his power can explode our monsters, can kill the old self and the sinful self. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And we can have victory. We definitely can have victory. You know how we know we can live in freedom? The Holy Spirit gives us proof here at the end of this passage. He gives us proof. He gives us assurance that you can live this way. Now, once again, we are not about perfection. We're about progress, right? Uh, making progress. Not going to use the progressive word. Some people are offended by that. But anyway, uh, yeah, we, we, we make progress. But the key is he gives us assurance that if we persevere, we can definitely have victory. We can definitely have victory. Romans 8:14 says this, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again, rather the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. Remember that? And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children this is the proof what what is the proof what assurance do we have two things sonship and the holy spirit's testimony i want to hit the holy spirit's testimony first where it says but the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are god's children the 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 holy spirit's testimony he testifies with our spirit you can sense him speaking. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells inside of us. He makes us a new creation. He begins a lifelong sanctification process. He fills us daily if we allow him to. He convicts us. He empowers us. He opens our eyes to God's word. Things that didn't make any sense to us at one time now are like fire on the page, right? You know what I'm talking about? It's like fire. That's what he, he does that. And the effect of all of this, of all these things the Holy Spirit is doing, is we can actually spiritually sense the Holy Spirit in us. We know it has to be the Holy Spirit doing all these things. I can't change. Look how I've changed. I can't see these things. I never could see them. The Holy Spirit is testifying. With our, we sense him working, testifying with our spirit that we're God's children. Every believer in Christ can sense the Holy Spirit working in them. And because of that fact that we are God's children, we know that the Holy Spirit will really help us and give us power now. Really power. We now belong to God. We sense the Holy Spirit, but oh, now this is where, we, where I'm going with this now. That, that is the other assurance that we have is that we now belong to God. We are uh, another assurance of our freedom and our victory is this romans eight fifteen. now get this this is key for us especially with communion the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live as in fear again rather here we go the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry abba father leave that one up sarah leave that one up the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry abba father Adoption to sonship. We are God's sons and daughters. I don't have to fear condemnation anymore. I'm God's child. He's my dad. I can call on my dad anytime when I need help. I can ask for mercy and grace anytime. And he wants me to. You know, our kids bug us sometimes. Can I have this? Can I have that? God's thrilled to give us mercy and grace. 
He never gets tired of it. And how did we get to be God's children? Through adoption. Through the cross. So we're going to talk about that. But through adoption. Under Roman law, Paul's writing this through the Holy Spirit's leading. Under Roman law, a free non-citizen could not be adopted. So if you are not a Roman citizen, but you are free from another country, a Roman could not adopt you. You couldn't be adopted. But a slave could be set free and become a citizen and then be adopted. You get that? Only a slave could be adopted. A slave could be set free and made a citizen and then adopted. And that's exactly what happened to us, right? Exactly what happened to us. We were set free from slavery to sin, to Satan, to eternal damnation. We were set free, and then God adopted us. Adopted us. And in Roman culture, get this, a Roman father could disown his natural son. He could do it. He was allowed to disown his actual blood son, but not an adopted child. Get that? What did God do? He disowned his one and only son so that he could adopt us. His death on the cross, Jesus, the one and only son's death on the cross is when he was, when he was disowned. What did Jesus say? My father, why have you forsaken me? Forsaken me. Disowned. Temporarily, but he took the sin on, sin on himself and was disowned by the father. That's what he did. That's what communion is all about. He gave his body and blood to take our sin. He was, he was forsaken by the Father for that time on the cross to carry our sin. And because of what he did, in Romans 8.15 it says, And by him we cry, Abba, Father. We can now, we can now God, call God our Abba. We are very special. Abba is Aramaic. It's an Aramaic word for Father. But, but it means Daddy. It's not just Father. It's Daddy. Papa. The most intimate term that you use for your dad. That's what this is. It, it, it's like, it's very, it, it talks about intimacy, a special intimacy. God is our Daddy. And He will help us anytime. That's our assurance. He will help us anytime. Just like we are with our kids. We're always going to help them, right? No matter how bad they mess up, we still want to help them. And we now have a special relationship with God as our Father. We can commune with Him at any time. Any time. I know when, uh, you know, we've adopted Laurel. Kim and I have adopted Laurel. And I remember when we were starting to process, the, you know, we always, no secret, she knew Daddy, I was her daddy, and I was Ryan's daddy. And, and, uh, but when, as she got older a couple years ago, as we talked about adoption, she said, why do, I remember her saying to me, why did I have to be? Why did I have to be? 
and I would explain to her several times, they had to go through this with her. I said, well, because your daddy, Rai died. That's why we had to adopt you. But that makes you extra special because of adoption. That means that you're not only my granddaughter, but you're my daughter. You're the only one who has that relationship with me. And often at night, she'll cuddle up with me. We have this whole ritual, watching something, tickling till she can't breathe, uh, you know. And then, then she start, she'll just start to cuddle and get ready to go to sleep. And we're watching something on the bed there. And, and she'll say, I'm special. I'm really special, aren't I, Dad? I go, you have no idea. That's us and God. We are special to God. We, we, do we realize how special we are to our Father God? Do we realize what he sacrificed? His son didn't die by accident. His son died on purpose. He sacrificed him. The death of his son so that we could become his child. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can become, you may not be a Christian yet, you may not be his child yet, but you can become his special child right now. Now, you can be adopted by God right now by believing in Jesus Christ, by putting your faith in Jesus Christ, giving your life to Jesus Christ. And for those of us who have already done that, Christians, are we realizing how special our relationship is? Are we communing daily? How special it is. Are we, or are we allowing something to block that relationship? And that's what we do with communion. We always want to focus on that. Is something blocking our special relationship? What is our mind set on? Is it set on the world? Is it set on the sin? Or the Holy Spirit and the things of the Spirit? What the Holy Spirit desires, is that what our minds are set on? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit's control in our life or are we re- res- resisting or grieving or, or quenching the Spirit? Is there anything in our life, any area of our life that we need to give God control over, to submit to, to surrender to Him? It's vital to get that daily filling. Are we letting Him daily fill us, that battery charged? And then obsess over the Holy Spirit, not our phone, but obsess over the Holy Spirit. That's, that should be our, our, our obsession, right? Are we allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to kill our old monsters? Are we, uh, to, 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 to kill our demons? You know, everybody talks about their personal demon. Well, yeah, are we allowing them to kill that, to break the strongholds in our life? If you need help, we can help you with that. All you've got to do is say the word to Kim and I, and we'll get you connected with someone. But, but, but it's a lifelong battle, right? It's a lifelong battle to keep killing that monster, but we can win. We can make progress. We can do it if we persevere. And that's why we celebrate communion, to remember what God has done for us and to refocus, because our focus gets off, doesn't it? Like, you know, every couple of minutes, it gets off. So we have to refocus. 
In communion is when we remember what Jesus Christ did for us, what Jesus' death and resurrection accomplished for us, wiping away the sin and the old life and a new life in Jesus Christ, death and resurrection. That's what it did. It's a remembering our adoption by our daddy, our adoption. What it is, we have the, the elements, we have the bread and the cup, and uh, we, how we take it, Todd's going to come up and just lead us in a, a few moments with some prayer time and some worship. And, and, and then whenever you're ready, you can just come up and take it. If you need help, you, someone can bring something back to you, whatever, whatever you need. But, uh, but we just, when you're ready, you just take communion when you're ready. The body of Christ and the blood of Christ when you're ready. Uh, there's, but there is a reason why you shouldn't take it. Number one, if, you, if you're not a Christian yet, you've never put your faith in Jesus just let it go by. Or if there's something in our life, we say, God, you can't have it. I got this sin. I got this wrong attitude, and I won't let go. I'm going to hang on to it. If that's the case, don't take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy way. But open your hands. <laughs> let it go. Give it to God. Put your faith in Jesus. Anyone here can take communion, can commune with your daddy. I hope everyone does. But that's between you and God. Let's pray. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Maybe you're here and you've never, or you're listening somewhere and you've never put your faith in Jesus. You've never surrendered your life to him. You've never repented of sin and given your life to Jesus. You can do that right now. Maybe it's already happening. It happens in the heart, but I always encourage people to say a prayer, to put an exclamation point on that. God, I want you to be my daddy. I want you to be my daddy. I want to be your child. I don't want the garbage, the sin anymore. I repent of everything in my life that goes against your word, your will. I ask you to forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. His death for me. His resurrection to give me a new life. I'm putting my trust, my hope, my dependence in Jesus. I give my life to him. If you have put your faith in Jesus, then the Holy Spirit is now in you, has now made you a brand new person in Christ. Your life will never be the same. You can now commune with God as your father, your daddy, anytime, anywhere, about anything. I want to encourage you to tell somebody so that we could be excited for you and help you grow in your new life in Christ. You're going to need a lot of help. You're a baby Christian. It's awesome. It's exciting, but you're going to need encouragement. Tell someone. If you have a family member or a friend here or, or you have someone at work or someone has been praying for you at school, 
Tell me on the way out. I love to get that news. Fill out the card in the bulletin. Text me, email me. What, whatever it takes. Let somebody know. And then get started with communing starting here. For those of us who already put our faith in Christ, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Have we been resisting the Spirit in some way or quenching the Spirit or ignoring the Spirit? Today is the day to be filled with the Spirit. Surrender to Him. Reestablish your connection with God the Father through his son Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. Father, we pray that this would be a a special communion, that your Holy Spirit would move in a, a brand new way for us. We pray that in Jesus' name.